Maha Saraswati is the mother's power of work and her spirit of perfection and order. The youngest of the four, she is the most skillful in executive faculty and the nearest to, the, to physical nature. Maha Saraswati presides over the detail of organization and execution, relation of paths and effective combination of forces and unfailing exactitude of result and fulfillment. The science and craft and technique of, of things are Maha Saraswati's province. Always she holds in her nature and can give to those whom she has chosen the intimate and precise knowledge, the subtlety and patience, the accuracy of intuitive mind and conscious hand of discerning eye of the perfect worker. I'm incredibly happy to be here. And more than anything else, I'm very happy to be speaking on the Divine Mother and her four powers. So Sri Aurobindo made a very famous statement saying that yoga is nothing but practical psychology. It's, a, it's an often quoted statement. Now, in order to understand the practical components of yoga psychology, in my understanding, it becomes incredibly important to also understand the theory which is behind the system. And we also need to understand that this theory what we call as theory, you know, actually we should be saying that it's a truth contention. It comes from a certain experience, a certain spiritual experience, which has validity and legitimacy. The unfortunate part in the contemporary times is that this system of knowledge or thought is not given the kind of legitimacy that it deserves. There are profound reasons behind this. Colonization certainly is one of them. I'm not going to go into those details, but what I wanted to tell you today was that it is basically because of this lack of legitimacy which is there in mainstream academia, not only in India, but worldwide, that the system of thought is not taught as knowledge system or truth contention. So the first thing that we need to recognize is that it is based in truth, it is based in pursuit of truth. The pursuit of truth of course is yogic, it is not accessed through five senses. It is not accessed through mind. Interestingly, these are the faculties that are most prominent in gaining knowledge in contemporary times. In academic parlance, I can safely say that the modes of pursuit that are common in academia at this point in time are not the modes 
of seeking knowledge in this particular field. In other words, the two most prominent ways of accessing knowledge, positivism and rationalism, are actually transcended in this particular field. It is extremely important that we transcend mind as well as senses in order to access this knowledge. The transcendence of senses is something emphasized commonly and then I think culturally a lot of people in India know about this. The biggest problem comes in transcendence of mind. Human beings by orientation, by nature, are basically identified with mind. They are identified to such an extent that they find oneness with, with mind. Breaking that oneness or creating that separatedness of oneself with, one, with, with one's mind is not a very easy task. However, it is by transcendence of the mind that this knowledge is gained. I wanted to emphasize these points in my opening remarks. Now, yogic knowledge is something which has been accessed by sages and yogis since time immemorial. There are certain truth contentions that have come about. When it comes to Sri and the mother, Sri and the mother, they talk about two principles or twin principles. The principle of Prakriti as well as Purusha. Very simply put, they say that Purusha is the witness consciousness of the divine, whereas Prakriti or Shakti is the dynamic aspect of the divine. Sri says that Shakti is the consciousness and the force of the divine. This consciousness and force of the divine is what we call in integral yoga, divine mother. This entire manifestation has been executed by the divine mother. It has been created by the divine mother. And whatever is there in this universe it is nothing but the Divine Mother. Of course, the manifestation has happened with Purusha also. That unchangeable reality, which is present in everyone and everything. But it is the Divine Mother and her manifestations that are in flux. This is something 
which is extremely important for us to recognize. Sri Aurobindo, in the six chapters that he wrote on the mother, in the last chapter, he talks about three states of the manifestation of the Divine Mother. The transcendent state, the cosmic state, and the individual state. In the transcendent state, she is the primordial mother, the primary mother, Adya Shakti, unmanifest, as is Purusha or Brahma. In cosmic existence, she manifests herself as Mahashakti. And in her cosmic manifestation, she has four primary faces or four primary aspects. And that is what the talk is going to be about today. Sri Aurobindo talks about Maheshwari, Mahakali, Mahalakshmi, and Mahasaraswati. These are four major aspects of the Cosmic Mother. Four major faces of Adi Shakti in manifestation. And these four aspects of the mother are essentially manifesting four different qualities. I'm pretty much sure that in this course sequence, it has been emphasized that integral yoga is a world participating yoga. This is a kind of yoga in which transformation of individual consciousness as well as transformation of the world are central aspects. They are not incidental aspects. It is not that we are just seeking liberation where transformation happens incidentally. This is a yoga where we are seeking transformation, not only of ourselves, but also of the world. Now, in order to transform, things need to shift. Things need to be dynamized. Things have to be energized. And therefore, it becomes incredibly important for the sadhaks of integral yoga to collaborate with the four aspects of the Divine Mother. In fact, Sri Aurobindo went on to say to his disciples that if you are surrendered to me and not surrendered to the Divine Mother, the yoga won't happen. Integral yoga won't happen. 
on the contrary if you are surrendered to the divine mother and not surrendered to me the yoga would certainly happen so this is you know this is the centrality of the mother which is there in this yoga and therefore it also becomes incredibly important for us to understand how the divine mother has been described in this yoga and what those four aspects of the divine mother are in a nutshell as he opens the chapter shirobindo says that maheshwari represents wisdom knowledge mahakali strength and force mahalakshmi beauty and harmony and mahasaraswati perfection ideally i would want you to go through those chapters particularly the sixth chapter and read the things for yourself so what i am going to do here is only give you an overview i will never be able to express the things that shorabindo has expressed about the divine mother in as beautiful a manner so what i am going to do for you is to just give you an overview of what the description is like so that you can go to the chapter and basically the basically drink the nectar of his own words in terms of the four powers once again he says maheshwari is the highest it is almost as if she's she is situated in an imperial fashion overlooking the cosmos and as i mentioned earlier her characteristic is defined by wideness and wisdom wideness and wisdom which is not close to the terrestrial existence it is beyond she is not very accessible she is not floating very closely to the earth she is way up how does a sadhak come in contact with her a sadhak will only be able to come in contact with her if he or she i'm using sadhak you know for both the genders raises his or her consciousness goes beyond his or her identification with mind goes beyond all kinds of narrowness which exists with a human being narrowness in relationship to one another narrowness in thought narrowness in ideas narrowness in opinions all these kinds of narrowness are created 
by identification with mind. The moment you begin to transcend your mind, the moment you begin to raise yourself, the moment you are able to transcend your mind, you basically begin to get into a very different realm, a realm which is beyond the three lower planes. And the moment that happens, and if you are surrendered to the Divine Mother, you come in contact with the force of Maheshwari. She will give you knowledge, wisdom, and the wideness. A kind of wideness which will be inclusive. A kind of wideness which will be receptive to thought, to ideas. You know, once I was given a talk and somebody asked me, <clears throat> what is integral yoga? And I said, in essential terms, any idea or any thought which leads to one's transformation and the transformation of the world in which we live becomes part of integral yoga. Most secular of thoughts can also become part of integral yoga. What I'm trying to emphasize is that this receptivity will not happen until unless the wideness happens. This receptivity will not happen until unless mind gets transcended and comes in contact with the higher dimensions, in particular, the force of Maheshwari. That is what Maheshwari is all about. That is what our contact with Maheshwari brings about in us. Let me come to the second aspect of the Divine Mother, Mahakali. Mahakali represents force and strength, swiftness, Fierceness. If you want immediate results in your spiritual transformation, Mahakali is the force to seek. When Mahakali is invoked and when her grace depends upon you, then anything which is within and without, which is holding you back in your spiritual progress, will get whacked, will get broken down, will get struck, will get imploded, will get exploded. Anything which is inimical to spiritual progress incurs the dislike or wrath of Mahakari. She does not tolerate that. She's ready to strike and smite when she sees the presence of such forces. But Shurabinda also says, 
that she is a very benign, loving, and kind mother. Kind to whom? The sadhaks who are committed to spiritual progress. Sadhaks who are not timid and weak. Some sadhaks who are strong. To those sadhaks, her grace depends. And she holds those sadhaks in a very kind embrace and provides all kind of protection. But as I said earlier, all the things in human beings that will impede your spiritual progress will not be tolerated by her. By her. Inertia won't be tolerated. Indolence will not be tolerated. Laziness will not be tolerated. Indulgence and lower vitality will not be tolerated. Even the narrowness of ideas that we were talking about will not be tolerated. In a certain sense, all the different impurities that you find of the lower three planes, physical, vital, and, and, and mental, will not be tolerated by Mahakali. However, the committed and devoted seekers of integral yoga, they need not fear her presence. For as I mentioned earlier, she's a kind and benevolent and benevolent and a protective mother. She protects us from all kinds of harm that may fall upon us along the spiritual path. Let me come to the third major manifestation of the Divine Mother in the cosmos, Mahalakshmi. Mahalakshmi is characterized by or manifested by beauty, aesthetics, and harmony. And that is why you will see that on people whose presence is there, are very harmonious and loving kind of people. In other words, we can say that she is the force or the presence who will be around people whose psychic is manifest, whose psychic being is manifest whose psychic being is not hiding in the deepest corner of the heart, but where it is outward and in the front. I'm pretty much sure that somebody must have shared with you that when psychic being comes forward, or when psychic being takes possession of one's being, 
it creates a tremendous amount of sweetness and harmony within an individual. Loving nature is a natural outcome within that individual. The event, the individual by nature becomes beauty and harmony oriented. So if you are seeking the force of Mahalakshmi, it becomes incredibly important for us to become harmonious in our own beings, to become loving towards others in our own beings. Once again, any manifestation of the lower vital, jealousy, envy, hatred, disgust, greed, these are the kind of things that repel the manifestation or the presence of Mahalakshmi. Mahalakshmi does not stay there. It is very, very unfortunate in post-colonial India that there has been a conflation of Lakshmi with wealth. The outpouring of wealth or the manifestation of wealth is just one outcome of Mahalakshmi. In a certain sense, you can say it's a consequence of her presence. It is not a requirement of her presence or it is not a necessary and sufficient condition for her presence. When she descends and when she comes close to a sadha, these things automatically happen. So what is it that as sadhak or practitioners of integral yoga that we need to be seeking? First, we need to create the conditions. We need to make the conditions sound. And in order to make the conditions sound for her descent or her presence, we need to become harmonious within and become aesthetically oriented. We need to be seeking beauty. The mother of the ashram was very particular about this. She was very, very particular about being very graceful in our movements, in our conduct, in our relationship with one another even in our relationship with material things. She would say that even if you're handling a plate, think that it has consciousness within. Relate to that material plate as if it has consciousness. Your entire approach or your orientation would change. Grace and rhythm, you know. These are the manifestations of Mahalakshmi. The last major aspect 
of the Divine Mother is Mahasaraswati. And Shravinda says that she is the youngest of the four mothers. Maybe her manifestation happened, you know, towards the end. See, when you go into the manifestation story or the creation story, it is not that all the gods and goddesses were born around the same time. In fact, in Vedic cosmology, even gods are born and, 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 uh, and disappear. They have a certain lifespan. But we are not going to go into those. In terms of the manifestation of Mahasaraswati, Shurabindu says that she is the youngest of them all. And she's closest to the earth. Very earthly in manifestation. And because she's earthly in manifestation, she's not very swift. She's gradual and slow. And it is through these movements that she creates perfection. Perfection is her primary manifestation. That is what she is here for. Scholars and intellectuals, that's why seek her. When her descent happens, Whatever gets created, it is perfect. It may, it may take time, but she, will, she would create that perfection brick by brick, slowly. But once the product is ready, it is absolutely perfect and beautiful. You won't be able to find loopholes in that product. And that is why, you know, all the people who seek perfection in their work, seek the force of Mahasaraswati. And if the force of Mahasaraswati descends on an individual, she will ensure that whatever comes out of that individual is nothing but perfect. It's absolutely solid. No faults to be found. And all these forces, they also work in collaboration and tandem. So it is not that as practitioners of integral yoga, we seek one or two aspects of the mother. We can seek them simultaneously and we can benefit from their presence in our lives simultaneously for creating perfection in whatever we are creating. Wisdom is required, knowledge is required. So even when you're working with the force of Mahasaraswati, the force of Maheshwari is incredibly important. Sometimes the work 
needs to be expedited. In that situation, you need the force of Mahakali. You also want your product to be aesthetically pleasing. You, you want it to be beautiful. In such a situation, the force of Mahalakshmi becomes important. So all that I wanted to emphasize through this is that the yoga gets, manifest, uh, gets massively expedited when you work with these four aspects of the mother and it brings a lot of value to the transformation that we are seeking. Transformation, which is within and without. With these opening remarks, you know, what I will do is that I'll take a few more minutes and read from Sri himself. It's very important. You know, these are mantric words. These are not just words. And my aspiration would be that these words, they help you in the spiritual progress that you are seeking. Few words, you know, on all the four aspects of the mother. Imperial Maheshwari is seated in the wideness above the thinking mind. And will and sublimates and gritens them into wisdom and largeness or floods with a splendor beyond them. You see what I was saying, you know? Can these words ever match what I presented? One can read these words over and over again. Imperial Maheshwari is seated in the wideness above the thinking mind at will and sublimates and gretens them into wisdom and largeness or floods with splendor beyond them. For she is the mighty wise one who opens up, who opens us up to supramental infinity, infinities and the cosmic vastness to the grandeur of supreme light, to a treasure house of miraculous knowledge, to the measureless movement of the mother's eternal forces. Tranquil is she and wonderful, great and calm forever. Nothing can move her because all wisdom is in her. Nothing is hidden from her that she chooses to know. She comprehends all things and all beings and their nature and what moves them and the law of the world at its times and how all was and is and must be. Mahakali is of another nature, not wideness and height, not wisdom, but force and strength are her peculiar power. There is an overwhelming intensity, a mighty passion of force to achieve, a divine violence rushing to shatter every limit and obstacle. All her divinity leaps out in a splendor of tempestuous action. She is there for swiftness, 
For the immediate effective process, the rapid and direct stroke, the frontal assault and carries everything before it. Terrible is her face to the Asura, dangerous and ruthless her mood against the haters of the divine. For she is the warrior of the worlds who never shrinks from the battle. Intolerant of imperfection, she deals roughly with all in man that is unwilling. And she is severe to all that is obstinately ignorant and obscure. And then, you know, a little further he, he writes, if her anger is dreadful to the hostile, and the vehemence of her presence, of her, of her, of her pressure, painful to the weak and timid, she is loved and worshipped by the great, the strong, and the noble. For the field that her blows beat what is rebellious in their material into strength and perfect truth. Hammer straight what is wry and perverse and expel what is impure or defective. Wisdom and force are not the only manifestation of the Supreme Mother. There is, a, there is a subtler mystery of her nature and without it, wisdom and force would be incomplete things and without it, perfection would not be perfect. Look at this, you know, look at the beauty of words. Perfection would not be perfect. Above them is the miracle of eternal beauty, an unseizable secret of divine harmonies, the compelling magic of an irresistible universal charm and attraction that draws and holds things and forces and beings together and obliges them to meet and unite that a hidden, a hidden ananda may play from behind the veil and make of them its rhythms and its figures. This is the power of Mahalakshmi and there's no aspect of the divine Shakti more attractive to the heart of embodied beings. A little further he says, where there's affinity to the rhythms of the secret world bliss and response to the call of the all beautiful and concord and unity and the glad flow of many lives turn towards the divine. In that atmosphere, she consents to abide. But all that is ugly and mean and base, all that is poor and sordid and squalid, all that is brutal and coarse repels her advent. Where love and beauty are not or are reluctant to be born, she does not come. Where they are mixed and disfigured with baser things, she turns soon to depart or cares little to pour her riches. If she find, finds herself in men's hearts, surrounded with selfish, selfishness and hatred and jealousy and malignance and envy and strife, if treachery and greed and ingratitude are mixed in the sacred chalice, if grossness of passion and unrefined desire degrade devotion, 
in such hearts the gracious and beautiful goddess will not linger a divine disgust seizes upon her and she withdraws for she is not one who insists or strives mahasaraswati is the mother's power of work and her spirit of perfection and order the youngest of the four she is the most skillful in executive faculty and the nearest to the phys to physical nature mahasaraswati presides over the detail of organization and execution relation of parts and effective combination of forces an unfailing exactitude of result and fulfillment the science and craft and technique of of things are mahasaraswati's province always she holds in her nature and can give to those whom she has chosen the intimate and precise knowledge the subtlety and patience the accuracy of intuitive mind and conscious hand of discerning eye of the perfect worker so basically these are the four aspects of the great mother of the divine mother and by opening to these four aspects we can bring them into our own lives in order to assist our own transformation sampad i have been reading i've been most intrigued and most interested in ma kali because uh, she represents strength that is something you know i think innately i would like to have to be more stronger and how does one invoke her one thing and the imagery that is seen uh, the popular imagery that we see of uh, mahakali as uh, i mean uh, as you see it um, um, i have read somewhere that she is actually uh, she has a golden hue or uh, on her face and basically she is not like the way it's popularly shown is that how it is uh, and how do we make sure that you know because i have read that as when you invoke her the for strength in the right way you know to be a stronger person to to be to have the strength to go on the spiritual path because it's very very difficult so how do you how does one make sure because i have read this i've heard that there is a danger of invoking um some other uh, beings of the lower vital which uh, uh, which you then you know you think that is mahakali whether then it's actually not mother is mahakali it's it's there are some other beings who who come there is that so and how do we ensure how, what do we do that's a very good question um see in fact as a general principle both mother and sharvinda would say that it is best to open up to the force of the divine mother instead of instead of pulling the force you know or instead of invoking it is best to offer oneself and allow the force of the mother to descend because then what happens is that you know you are in the wise hands of the divine mother and whatever force which is necessary for your growth will basically depend will will descend upon you so that is the first thing you know she both mother and sharvinda were very categorical in saying that one should not pull the force of the divine mother because sometimes you know there isn't the required preparedness which is there within the being and without the required preparedness if the force descends 
then it can actually cause psycho psycho spiritual problems. You know, it happened to many sadhaks at the uh, Shravanda Ashram as well. They pulled the force. It is something like this. You know, if uh, if the glass is not sufficiently warm, and you know, and you put you know hot boiling water into it, it basically cracks, right? So the preparedness has to be there within the being, you know, for the for the force to descend. But in most cases, what happens is that we we do not know about our own preparedness, right? So the best thing to do is to offer oneself to the Divine Mother herself and allow her to do what is necessary in us or what will eventually lead to our own transformation. Now, in terms of, you know, in terms of the golden hue that you are talking about, you know, Kali has many different hues and, and shades. Uh, you know, apart from the two hues or the shades that you described, um, there's also called Shama Kali, you know. There, there will be times when you will find the murtis uh, of Kali painted in blue. So Kali has many different shades and many different hues. Um, so, you know, it's not that she is just one hue. The dark representation is not the only representation of, of Kali. And also, you know, we need to make a distinction between Maha Kali and Kali. That distinction is also there. Kali is considered a lesser manifestation of Maha Kali. But we can, we can ask for strength, right? We can ask for strength to the Divine Mother. Absolutely. Absolutely. The best, as I said, you know, the best is to ask for what is most necessary for our spiritual transformation. Very, very inspirational. And I love what you said in the, in the end that allow, basically allow. Um, the question that I have is around the whole concept of perfection. Um, in today's world, it is often said that it's better to be 80% perfect uh, so that you're at least able to move. Because if you try to be 100% perfect, then you can get completely stalled. So how do you really reconcile this uh, in the aspect of this journey that we are talking about? I would say that if there is a conflict between the ways of the world and ways of the divine, I would any day choose the way of the divine. You know, Whether I get stalled, you know, or I get, you know, whatever, any amount of difficulties may come but I would not seek the way out of it. I'm very clear about that. I think that's absolutely, absolutely well said and fair. I guess my, my concern is that perfection is more a journey than a destination. So how do you really deal with it? Seeking perfection all the time and allowing things to come, you know? Yes, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not something which is final. Never work, you know. Any any work is never final. It is uh, it's it's an it's an unending progress. But at least you know having the quest. I think that is very important. You know, if I'm seeking perfection, I will definitely know whether I have given my best or I have not. If I have been slacking, you know, I cannot expect whatever product that I'm involved with. To be perfect, I can give my hundred hundred percent, and yet the product may not become 
perfect. You know, that is possible. But at least the satisfaction is that I have given my 100%. And as far as I'm concerned, I think that is important. With the idea that if I'm giving 100%, there's a high possibility that whatever comes out of me or through me will have a certain shade of perfection in manifestation. But it is an unending process. Absolutely. Hearing this, like we feel we are a bit far away from uh, all aspects of the mother. Uh, reaching her closely is to trust and have faith and be open. That is understood. Beyond that, is there something to share? Like to gain some faith that we are near her, it is just the feel or consciousness that just drives her close, us close to her. I feel that uh, as the aspiration grows, you know, the, the divine presence also begins to grow. And uh, we, we begin to get proofs as well, if, if that's what you're seeking, uh, you know. It's, it's an openness that things happen. You, be, you, you begin to know about the reality of what is not commonly experienced. This reality is there. It is a subtle reality. You know, it is not accessed uh, through anything which is gross. But more you open to that reality, more the reality makes its presence felt. So it's not only, you know, it's not only with the, the four aspects of the mother, any aspect of the divine will, you know, or rather the statement will uh, apply to. Does that address your question? Uh, the inner calmness with which uh, Kundan sir has shared all these topics, even about uh, Mark Kali, uh, he shared with, a sense of calmness. So uh, this actually gave me a lot more uh, aspiration to learn more about it and the way he has read the lines and called them like they are the mantric. They are actually mantras. They are not just words. So things like this uh, help a sadhaka like me to aspire for, you know, the higher selves that are sitting inside me. So really thankful and grateful for, to Kundan sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.